All right, Rachel, tell me a story. Thanks, Dane. Um, thanks for having me as a guest. Since about 2019, I've been fairly active at a place here in the Bay Area and um, in the East Bay, so east of San Francisco, called the California Jazz Conservatory. And I have been pushing myself to sing with, they call them ensembles, ensembles, adult ensembles. I've done a couple of blues and groove. I did one year uh, for a funk ensemble. And then I've done some just vocalist stuff with instrumentalists accompanying. And it's a push for me because I don't come from the instrumental world. I come from the vocal world, which is choral singing, background in choral singing when I was younger. When I first moved to California, I did Sweet Adeline's, which is barbershop singing, <laughs> primarily with women and uh, some quartetting after that. And right about 1997, when I first arrived in the Bay Area, I said, huh, singing's, I got this. I'm gonna try dance, it's more challenging. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I did do dance for a long time from about 90, 98 through, well, I would say 2004, took a break, had a, had a first child, and then went back in 2011 to the dance world. But as a singer, I started to cultivate that muscle, if you will, um, a performer on stage with primarily bands. Um, initially at something I do every year, which I just got back from, which is a summer performing arts camp called California Performing Arts, or Casadero Performing Arts Family Camp. That sort of gave me the taste of performing with instrumentalists. They have classes in rock band and Motown band. And I was like, I really like being right there on stage with the instruments. And so about 2019, I started to do with the jazz school, the jazz conservancy in Berkeley, being the only vocalist among groups of instrumentalists, usually bass, usually a guitar or two, drums, maybe other things, you know, winds, saxophone, if we were lucky, and or harmonica. And I find that as a vocalist, as a singer, you're actually supposed to lead the band. And I was like, how can I lead people who are trained in a system that I don't know? I don't read music. I can follow notes and lines, but I don't read music. And so I can follow the rhythm of the flow of the music on the page, but I can't sight sing at all. And it became this mashup of what I felt and learning the language of bands to communicate those things a lot of it body language, right? If you hold your hand in the air and you make a circular motion, does that mean go back to the turnaround? Does that mean repeat the verse? Do they even know what the verse is versus the chorus? They usually do, but that's a vocalist thing, right? Because a lot of them are, you know, hopefully we're, we've got an agreement of a shared song, a shared cover type, right? Like Mustang Sally, there's a million different versions you can sing of that. The most popular one, I think, is Wilson Pickett, right? That's what I grew up hearing was Wilson Pickett's version. It's just interesting because I started to see that there was this huge, it was like I conceived of it as like an ocean between the vocalist and the instrumentalist. And I was like, I want to chart this ocean. I want to understand. I want to learn the language of bands. And that's what the ensembles at the jazz school started to teach me to do. Also, as the vocalist, 
you know, the drummer can start the, you know, the set and the song. You see that very often. But if you're really a vocalist, you start the song. I've done a lot of work with blues songs. You can even walk up to a band and say, we're in this key. Here's the groove. And you set the, you know, you set the rhythm at a one and a two and a three and a four and go, right? So I'm learning those skills. And it's wild because it's not, it's sort of based on a love of music. It's based on what we hear, what we feel. And how do you communicate that stuff when you're coming at it from, you know, lead sheets and forms that that they're maybe working off of and then what I'm working off of and how I describe a song as a vocalist. It's this huge, I see it as a huge ocean. And I see that as a leadership thing because it forces me to direct and guide others. And I typically am a very collaborative person. I'm like, well, how do you want me to lead? I'm very... I like to share power and there are times when being the solo vocalist forces me to take the power and lead, go. And it's this incredible rush when you do it. It's like, um, I'm a horse person and it's like, it's like riding a giant draft horse forward at high speeds when you get going with a band. It's this incredible endorphin rush. It's so beautiful and magical. And my favorite part is when I get to like step aside because it's the instrumental solo and I just get to stand there and feel those vibrations like coming through my body, which is kind of a funny thing for a vocalist to say is I like being on the stage, but I don't like necessarily making the sounds. I enjoy feeling them. So it's a whole sensory thing. The other thing that I have alluded to is collaborating to perform something is an act of sharing power. Oh, it's the, it's the bass solo now. Oh, pass it around. We're all focusing on the bassist. Oh, it's my solo. I'm, I'm doing a, you know, a legato or doing something that at the end of a song that draws it out where it's out of time and they can't necessarily follow me. So maybe they'll just do a background flow to keep me moving, but I'm going to do all kinds of weird things with the melody. And then sometimes it's the drum solo. It's this notion that leading doesn't always have to be one person. Power can be shared and can be passed around and we can take turns. And I think the implications for that in the world of business can be groundbreaking. If you take that mentality and you start to, you start to bring it to the business world. And that's where it gets juicy for me and interesting. Another thing that I feel is so important about the arts that we don't value and we don't realize how important it is, is that I often get told I'm very engaging. And I think that that is, that is who I have become from being involved in dance and singing for most of my life. I also produce a podcast about sound and the arts, and it's taught me how to listen really deeply to when someone's talking, really dive into what they're saying and lose almost all sense of myself and just give myself over to curiosity and really taking in what they're saying and letting the questions come up for me naturally about, well, what about this? What about that? Almost like shutting myself down so that I can sponge up what they have to say. In my work as an internal communications consultant, I really always try to think of the five senses and appeal to every sense as part of my creativity. I also am a big believer. 
there's an author, Robert Cooper. He wrote a book called The Other 90%, and he talks about three brains. There's the head, there's the heart, and there's the gut. In business, we tend to center on the head, analytics, rationality, decision-making, not as much the heart, emotional, creativity, evocative, what moves me. All the communicators know, listening to this, that what moves me is storytelling, right? And that's a very powerful tool, very common to use that tool. But what gets left out is the gut. When someone gives an idea to us or shares something with us in a business context, listen to what your body says. If somebody presents you with an idea and you've worked in a company for a long time and you start to, your guts start to turn around inside, that's your brain telling you something. That's a form of intelligence that's in your body telling you something. You know, maybe it's false, but it is a guiding light that we tend to overlook, right? It's the intuitive, it's the instinctual. And I think the arts help cultivate these three things, especially the emotional. As I present and I look for creative ways to bring more creativity into my work and the ways that which I'm engaged, I bring some of that vocalist stuff in. I mean, there's a difference between singing, you know, Mustang Sally, guess you better slow your Mustang down. Like there's that. And then there's Mustang Sally. Guess you better slow your Mustang down. Right? So we learn that in the arts. We learn that modulation, that charisma that that engages people. And so I'm always looking for opportunities to bring. That's me. That's more whole for me. And I'm looking for ways to bring that into our work context, because I think it's ultimately very useful in the outcomes that companies want. It's also very rare to see in companies, <laughs> you know? Depends on the context, but yeah. I mean, you know, you could, you probably would expect to see more of it. You hear about some more of it in entertainment companies, right? Some of those places are just chock full of creative people. I've met a lot of lawyers who are musicians. I've met yeah, a lot me too. of, you know, tech people. I've met lawyers who are actors. That's a really interesting combo to me, but it's very, makes a whole lot of sense. I think we're all hiding in the corporate world to some degree. We're not hiding, but we're struggling to find ways to bring it to what we do. 